it does matter what you choose. It does matter what you choose. If you choose sin, you're going to hurt a lot of people. If you choose to do right, you're going to be a blessing to a lot of people. I want us to be awake to righteousness. And that's the title of my message. And there's no way I might give you an introduction and maybe partly the first point. We'll work on it again. But the title of the message tonight is Awake to Righteousness. Awake to Righteousness. And if you're able to, you're going to sit for a little bit tonight, not as long, but you may stand to honor the Word of God. And we'll read 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 33 to 34. And also, when you go home in the quietness, when nobody's going to get bothered, would you shout loud for me? I want to do it right now. I want to scream on top of my lung right now. But I'm trying to be pastoral-like. And so I won't. But can you go home somewhere, close the door, and shout hallelujah for me? And say to your God, you're awesome, God. All right? Just just do that for me later when you go home. And rejoice in the God uh, that you serve and work with. He did that. He's doing this amongst us. And I'm so thrilled that you have a part in it, and I have a part in it, and we have a part in it together. Be not deceived. Am I in the wrong 1 Corinthians, okay. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Verse 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And let us pray as we go tonight. Lord, we are so thankful. Beyond words, Lord, so thankful for you and who you are. I had little faith when we started this. And my heart betrayed me. But you just showed up. And you have taught me that you're God, and I can't put you in a box, and I can't stop you from doing what you want. And Lord, may I just simply continue to just be in awe of you, and help us tonight as a body of believers to let the devil know he is a loser. May we relish in victory. And Lord, in victory, help us to be mindful of the enemy. For in great victory at times, the enemy comes and spoils our joy. And Lord, help us to awake to righteousness. We ask it in your dear son's name. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. My thought tonight is this. There's some of us that may have things together. Maybe we're living in victory. 
in a lot of our Christian life, in our area of life, it seems to me that as I observe, I've been here for almost two years, I've observed people that have a real genuine walk with the Lord. And it seems like their life, they're doing well in a lot of areas. And they're doing phenomenal in a lot of areas. And no Sometimes, because of privacy, and we're not there yet as a people. We have not known each other well enough to reveal some of our faults. Although the Bible talks to us, it's a good practice. If you get to that point as a brother and sister, and maybe we can strive. We can strive to get to that point. Where, as a church, we don't only do what we do out of pretense. And what I mean by that is this. It's just a show. But really get to know each other to the point that we would be safe to reveal some things that really we could help one another with through prayer. I mean, some of the things that I was able to hear, I know one is because I'm a pastor. And I understand that. And I'm privileged to even be told some things that are heavy. But guess what? I'm excited. Because now I can help them in prayer. And so, I want to bring a message to us. To be aware of our own personal Christianity. And if we're really doing that great. Can I ask you, there's a whole lot of people that can help that can be helped by you. If you're really doing that great. Our altars are often empty. And I'm not against you. If you don't want to go to the altar. I understand. Uh, I'm not trying to get you to go to the altar. I'm just trying to be honest. I'm a human being. And this is, this is just. Can I say this simply? I'm very comfortable right now at our church. I think I can say some things. And so I'm going to say this. The altar is a way that, as a preacher, I can see our temperature. It's one way, as a human person, I can see the temperature of our congregation. Now, don't do it for me. I don't want you to come to the altar. Please, am I making sense here? Because I can't see your heart. And none of you uh, don't have to let me know anything. I'm not God. I understand. I understand any of those things. But I want to be so available to you that I can help you. Can I say something to tonight? You don't have to impress me. You do not have to. Please, do not have to impress me. You don't have to. I want to be as real to you as you can be real to me. And if we have problems, we have to deal with problems. But I want to get out of formal going to church and we're hiding our problems and our broken hearts amongst each other and we're pretending to one another we're okay. And nobody's helped by that. I need real friends that I can bear my heart to. I need real friends that I know if I say something to them, 
They're not going to talk to everybody else and their mother about me. But they're going to try to help me and maybe direct me to other people in the church that they have a real close uh, relationship with and help me out. Because that's how God wants to do it. He wants to use us to help each other. So I want us to awake to righteousness. Because the world has duped us to look good. And I have no problem looking good. I feel like I look good today. But pretending to one another we don't have a problem is not helping us. Pretending that we are desperately in need of help. And the brother says to us, Sunday in, Sunday out. You rub shoulders with them Wednesday. Some of us have gone to this, to this church together for decades and decades and decades. We could have helped somebody if we're a little bit more vulnerable and we're a little bit more real. I think God's starting to do stuff. Relationship in some ways are being mended in places. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? I'm not putting words in your mouth. Have you noticed? It should be that way. There's some people here that have problems. And some of those people is me. And if you're honest, you could say, I could, I could use some help. But if we're pretending to one another, how do you ever going to find that help? If we're covering it all. And we don't even want to talk about anything. And let me say this. I'm going to, oh boy. And there's some things that are so obvious. And there's some people that tried to approach you. And sometimes it's about your children. And have said things to you about the behavior of your children. And we react so worldly. How are we going to get helped? How are we going to get helped? Uh, Guys, we need this book. We don't just need it to be here. We don't need to know a bunch of it. Although that's where it starts, I'm glad for a pastor that has taught us so many things. But we need to get it from just head knowledge into practice. We need to do it to one another. Guys, You have to learn to solve problems that happen between two church members. That's not my job to solve. That is done by the Bible, by the Holy Ghost, and by two people that have a genuine, well-meaning desire to one another. And they're going to work things out. We need that to happen. We need that to happen, my dear friends. I strive that at home. Uh, Do I have conflict? And and when I say conflict, 
conflict is we're in an intersection, and if I don't change and they don't change, we're going to hit each other. It's not that we're against each other necessarily. It's that our point of view now has to cross, and we have to decide who gets the right of way. And we have to do that. We have to do that as a church. We have to do that uh, honestly. And so be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And so I feel at times we are, uh, we are deceived, I think, by the devil. A lot of times that there's nothing wrong. That there's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with our environment. And there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. We're, we're doing everything what the Bible says it feels at times. But I want to I I caution you to, to see some things here now from a different perspective. A little bit more self-examining. It's going to be a little bit brutal, but it's good. It's so good for us to really see who we are and be totally honest. Now, at times, I know you can be brutally honest with yourself. I don't want you to hurt yourself unnecessarily. All right? Some people, well, I'm such a wicked person, then God can never use me. That's not the point. That's not the point, and there's still pride in that. All right? If you're really that broken, then you want to say, God, I'm so broken, it should lead you through self-examination, should lead you to Jesus and say, I so need you. That's the, that's the spirit that you should reach if you're really self-examining yourself. And so, what do, I, what do I mean by awake to righteousness? Number one, do some self-awareness. Be self-aware of your spiritual condition. Really get to know where you stand spiritually. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And we'll start with verse number 5. I'll finish point number 1. I have three points. I'll finish point number 1. And we'll move on, Lord willing, next time. And we'll be done after point number 1. Self-awareness. To be awake, to be aware, is to be self-aware of our spiritual condition. Where am I spiritually? Stop comparing. Stop looking at other people. Look at yourself. Self-awareness is a practice that is so, uh, so well taught in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 10, 5, and let's read it here, but with... Let me go there. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse number 5. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. There's a recap of the people of Israel. And is being shown us here by Paul to the Corinthian church. Using them as an example. Verse 6. Now these things were our examples. To the intent, we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Verse 7, neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. 
as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. You have to be blind not to see that happening in society today. That our people are consumed with eating, drinking, and play. There's nothing wrong with recreation. There's nothing wrong with eating. There's nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with money. But we're looking at the condition of hearts. We're doing self-examination. Look at verse number 8. Neither let us commit fornication. As some of them committed and fell. In one day, three and twenty thousand. Verse 9. Neither let us tempt Christ. As some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. And there's stories that go behind. Remember the brass uh, serpent? That, uh, and there's stories again for the sake of time. We'll move, move here. Verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for examples. That they are written for our admonition. And that's a word one day I want to talk about. And admonition is warning. Warning. Upon whom... The ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. And so this is the attitude why I come up tonight and preach a message on this idea of awake to righteousness. Because we need to be aware in that We think we stand, and we let our guards down. Everything is fine. We have no financial needs. It seems like the kids are okay. It seems like husband and wife are fine. It seems like we have good friends. And it seems everything is fine. And a lot of times, we have the tendency then... To let our guard down. And God tells us, awake to righteousness. And God tells us to pay attention. Even though things might be going right all the time. And look at what it says. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed. Lest he fall. And verse 13. These famous verses. There had no temptation taken you. But such as common to men. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But with the temptation also make a way to escape. That ye may be able to bear it. Now there's two things in my life that I was a part of. That remind me of these truths I'm trying to present tonight, this idea. And that was a driver's ed. One was driver's ed, and another one was a hunter's safety course. The driver's ed gave me awareness of driving. It told me to be aware and gave me this thought. That in driving, whether it is on a street like this or on a... Or on other situation, they always said this drive so that you're not only paying attention to yourself, 
but to your other drivers around you. It wants you to be alert, awake, engaged in this, what we're doing. That even though, as you drive, because nothing happens, you know what happens. We start to lose some of those safety teaching that they teach you to do. When's the last time you look at your rear view mirror? When's the last time you checked your side mirrors? When's the last time that when you're turning left, because they taught us that there's some blind spots that you looked actually before you turned. And if you drive a long time now, nothing happened. Seemingly it's okay. And we drop our guard down. That's when the devil gets in. Because he's a patient foe, and he waits. What I'm trying to say, when it seems like everything is all right, keep an eye on the devil. Keep an eye on the devil. Keep an eye on the devil. Don't be lullabied. Don't be lullabied. Don't forget you have an enemy. Oh, I've done great in school. Great. I had a good job. Great. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention because the devil is in the corner somewhere. And he's anticipating and he's wanting to get to you. I don't want you to be paranoid. But I want you to be sober. I don't want you to be scared. But I want you to be circumspect. I don't want you to worry, but I want you to be guarded. Because the devil is no respect of persons himself. He'll destroy you if you give him a chance. And he says, and I'm getting ahead on some things, neither give place to the devil. And a lot of times, Christians, when things are going all right and things are going good, that's when the devil whispers into your ears. Those people in the church on the other side of the pew, they don't really like you. Those people there, they could care less for you. And it's when you're not watching and when you're not paying attention, the devil will come. When you are sleeping, he will make problems. And so I say in Christianity, there is no rest until we get to heaven. So while on earth, we, we, we did our goal. Hallelujah! Guess what I'm doing? Okay, where are you? Where are you coming? Is it going to be through my staff? Are you going to come through my staff? Are you going to come through some of my good buddies in church? Where are you going to come from? Are you going to come from my children? I've learned him. I've learned him long enough. I've not been at it a long time, but I've seen it a hundred million times. Why is it preachers that have preached for a long time fall into sin? I've seen it. Big churches. Huge churches. When everything seems to be fine. Buses are going. Sunday school is flourishing. Attendance are good. People are happy with one another. And what happens is 
here's a danger. We become self-reliant because there's not a danger. And so we drop our guards. And we start saying these things. Pastor, why are you too serious about that? Why are you so serious about that? Why are you so passionate about that? Why are you so on that? Come on now. We're doing fine here. Why are you preaching on that? Because I know my enemy. He's going to find you. And he's going to use you. And you don't want him to. But if you give him a place, he will come. And so may I say, ever be alert. Ever, especially, especially when things are going well. Be highly alert. Because he'll come. He'll come. He's not happy. You think he's happy? You think he's happy with your marriage the way it is now? And so he's going to come in there. He's going to try to do some division making. And he's going to try to ruin some things. And so be very, very aware. There had no temptation taking you, but just common as to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Another thing is awareness of driving. Another thing was on that safety course, I was made aware of the gun, how to hold it, how to point it. I was made aware of it. And every time I hold a gun, because I was made aware of its seriousness and how it could use to protect me, but it also could be used and it can be dangerous, just like a vehicle. It can be a mighty tool we could use, but I can hurt a lot of people with it. And so is your life. So is your tongue. And so we have to be careful, and we have to be alert, and we have to have some self-awareness about us. Verse 14, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. Look at Romans 13, verse 11 to 14. We'll be done tonight. Romans 13, 11 to verse number 14. Awake to righteousness. Be always vigilant and be always uh, serious. Now, I have a lot of fun. You know me. I'm a jokester. I have a lot of fun. I enjoy life, but I'm always serious because I know the devil. Romans 13, verse number 11. Romans 13 and verse number 11. And things might be going smooth for you. Things are doing perfectly fine for you. Then be highly alert because the devil doesn't like that. And he's going to find a way to get you. And at times you don't even pay attention, he'll get in. Romans 13, 11. Romans 13 and verse 11. And that, knowing the time, that it is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. Verse 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in riotous or drunkenness nor in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, 
But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Be so honest with yourself. Do some self-examination. Know your weakness and set up boundaries to help you from failing. Do you have people that help keep you accountable? That's what I was going to later. We should have people in this church, if we're a part of this church, that we get so close to as brothers, just like Jonathan and David, our hearts are knit together, that you can be my accountable partner. You can help me. You can help me as your brother to keep me on the right track. Sister, you can help somebody else here. If you get your heart knit with them and you have this bond as sisters, that you can help them keep accountable. Here's what I'm seeing in the church. You live your life. Don't bother me. Don't, don't mess with my life. Live your life. I live mine. We'll come together in this building. We'll sing songs. We, be, we believe that it's a good song to sing. Uh, we'll shake hands. We'll have some very, very shallow, uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, what you call uh, 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 interactions. But then I'll walk away from all of it. No, no, no. No, if we're we're doing it right, according to the scriptures, the people in that church became so close to each other that it would be hard for one of them to walk away. It would be very hard for them to walk away. I'm available. I want to be real with you. Would you want to be real with me? I know I have problems. Could you admit to me you have problems? And in honest to goodness Christianity, I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to mess up your reputation. I'm not to destroy you. But I want to partner with you in accountability, in good bond brotherhood and sisterhood. Let's work together and get the job done. Let's, let's run the race together. You don't have to. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. I need accountable partners. I need people that would be honest with me. And they will love me and say to me, Chris, I noticed how you treated your wife. They're not going to talk bad about me. They're not going to hurt me. But they love me and they're going to say, Chris, could I be very honest with you? You know my heart towards you. I love you, but you shouldn't treat your wife like that. You see how that would help us? You see how that would bolster our Christianity? You see how that would knit us together? You see how that would help us? And I want that because we have an enemy. But it has to take people that are serious about this. Don't force it. Let God work each other out here. Find somebody. 
You want to find somebody you can be honest with and say, I need you, you need me. Let's be honest. Let's have the Holy Ghost on this situation. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. That would help us. And that would help us to be self-aware because the enemy is after us. He's totally after us. Totally after us. Lord, help us awake to righteousness. Lord, help us to find in us grace to be knitted with people that would love us and that we would love them back and that we'd be truly friends and that we would iron, sharpen iron, we would iron, we would sharpen each other. Lord, the enemy is a real enemy. And Lord, help us to partner with you, first of all, most of all. Help us to partner with you. You're close to all of us. But Lord, as you help us, help us to help somebody else. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.